0: It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the programme tonight... Chef Tom Flavin returns to share news about his new consultancy business and he also has details about this year's Pig Culture and Food Series. We're going to head over to Tremor in County Waterford to talk to Nicola Crowley about Mezzi as well as this weekend's Vitamin C Festival. And then I'm going to be heading out on a Saturday morning to meet Owen Considine from Casa Street Kitchen at the New Market in Newcastle West. But before I tell you more about that, let me tell you how to get in touch with me here at the best possible taste. You can make contact by emailing s.nunan at live.ie or you can tweet me at queenoforg as in queen of Organisation and I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So Chef Tom Flavin has enjoyed an illustrious career cooking in kitchens all over the world. Earlier this year he decided to launch his own consultancy business and earlier today I spoke to him about what he's been up to and to find out more about the programme of events for this year's Pig Culture and Food Series which starts this Thursday September the 16th.
1: Bon Appetit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm.
0: Tom, you're very welcome to the programme this evening and I must start off by congratulating you on the launch of your new business. You've gone out on your own offering food consultancy and, and chefing um, services to the to the community and industry and beyond. But before we get on to that, Let's just remind the listeners about who Tom Flavin is. You're, you're from West Limerick originally, from the Monagay direction, I believe.
1: Yeah, thanks, Sharon. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm originally from West Limerick in Monagay. I grew up on a farm in Monagay, spent my first um, years of life milking cows and goats. my first business. I had a little goat business where I milked my own goats. I had three or four goats, milked them before school and after school and sold the milk to the neighbours. Um, and trying to keep them under control was a bit tough. When I was at school, they were running riot around the place, but um, I suppose my love for food then began because we used to kill our own chickens. We used to kill our own pigs and cows. Of course, you can't do that anymore, um, but it gave me an appreciation for food and it gave me an appreciation for the hard work that goes into preparing, I suppose, producing, and you know enjoying the food then as well afterwards was great, like great memories with my grandmother and my mother, um, cooking in the kitchen, making our own black pudding, and then jump on your bike and deliver it to all the neighbors. It was just a great way of life. It was, you know, it was fantastic. And that's what I try to instill into my own kids today. We have a few ducks out the back still. Um, we kill a few now and again, and we make our own pudding with the duck blood because we don't we don't have um, pig's blood or cow's blood. So it just gives them the appreciation of food. And it's one of their favorite dinners is roast duck in this house. So I suppose that's where I came from. I spent a few years then traveling, maybe 15 or so. So at the age of 18, I left home and went to the Philippines. My first um, flight was halfway across the globe. So I was lucky enough to have my cousin, Bill King, had a restaurant there. So I worked with him for nearly, well, just over two years and did my apprenticeship with him there. Came back to London um, where Mary was working training as a nurse. So then got a job in the Dorchester and worked there for probably six or seven years. I was the youngest ever sous chef in the Dorchester. Um, I don't know if that record still stands. I don't know many of them working there right now, but I do. I'm still in contact with all of the chefs that I did work with there. They were a great crew. And then we went to Australia and traveled around Australia, worked in Singapore, worked in um, just all around Australia in different five star hotels and, and restaurants and Worked with some really, really good people, Really learned a lot, learned a lot about cultures um, and came back to Ireland and realized that best produce in the world is actually from the West of Ireland. And we're lucky to have such, I suppose, the weather we have creates the wonderful green grass. And that's what the cows and goats and pigs and sheep enjoy. And that's where we get the best produce in the world, the best cheese, the best butter, the best beef, the best pork. And of course, Limerick being so famous for its pork and bacon products, um, you can see why.
0: It sounds like you and Mary were childhood sweethearts.
1: Yeah, we're going out since we were, oh God, I think 13 or so. Wow,
0: I didn't realise it went back that far. So it must have been an awful wrench whenever you went off to the Philippines.
1: Yeah, it was a bit, but Mary went to do her training in London and we just knew we had to do some training. and We weren't going to get the training we needed here. Luckily, now you can do all of that in Ireland. You don't have to leave. But um, I think it was good. It's good grounding. It's good to see other cultures. It's good to meet other people. It's good to learn from the best, really.
0: And whenever you came back from Ireland, all that international experience and knowledge really stood to you and For the last, was it 10 years, you were the executive head chef in the Limerick Strand Hotel?
1: Yeah, for the last 14 years, actually, I was in the Strand. And before that, I was eight years in Castletroy Park. But again, I worked with a multitude of different nationalities. You know, we're lucky that we can bring people from abroad over here because the knowledge they have and what I've learned, even since I came back, has been phenomenal, you know. And, you know, it's about minding the people that you have. And and nurturing them and making sure that they get the training that they need and then they'll turn teach somebody else and it's just a, it's a wonderful circle of life really of how each people just train each other and just share the knowledge There's nothing secret about it and in in our industry it's fantastic i think the people we work with are are, are the best
0: Whenever lockdown came last year and you had more time at home with your family and you were talking there about your ducks and you grow a lot of produce yourself, but you're also very passionate about that education side, not only at home with your children, but also with, you know, you've said about showing the, the younger generation inside in the Limerick Strand Hotel and training them up, but you're you're doing some formal training now, that's one of the projects that you've taken on since you went out in your own and started up your own consultancy business.
1: Yes, I am, and um, I have, last year I was kind of introduced, it just kind of happened that there were some kitchens available in schools and the transition year students really didn't have anywhere to go because they couldn't travel last year, so... And through the Limerick Monterey Education Board we developed a culinary arts introduction to culinary arts really so it was just an eight-week training course where one day per week a chef would go into a school and just teach them the very basics of food and it was amazing how attractive it was to the students like within the eight weeks the first eight-week block that I had in Mungers um, there was four of the, of the students there that I would have hired straight away and that's the key I think is to get young kids at that age just to get them engaged and to get them just to set the seed in their brain that this could be an actual career path for them it's not all about the university it's not all about you know your points and your leave insert it's about enjoying life and doing something that you love and you could see like it was amazing the how they enjoyed it it was I I thoroughly enjoyed it and I suppose that was the, that was one of the reasons that I thought I don't have to be working in a hotel all my life or in a kitchen. I could actually be doing a lot of good outside of the kitchen as well, teaching these guys. So this year we have a good few more schools that are signed up for it. So it's an absolutely wonderful um, initiative.
0: And you've always been very good to do cookery demonstrations at various events inside um, your own catchment area. And as as chair of the Limerick Food Group, you're often seen in the demo kitchen there in the milk market. But recently at Taste of Dublin, you were up there in the big stage on the Taste Theatre. And it was a fantastic opportunity to really showcase some of the brilliant ingredients from West Limerick that you were talking about there so tell us about that experience at Taste of Dublin this year and what you cooked on stage.
1: No it was great to get up there It was great to highlight what we have down in Limerick because a lot of people throughout Ireland are kind of blindfolded into their own um, regions like what we have here we've got some wonderful ghost cheese we've got Rigney's farm pork we've got um, granola we've got absolutely stunning vegetables and salads available um locally we have Atty Flynn Estate apples, apple juice and all their fruits and juices that they have. It's fabulous. Um, what I did was uh, a goat cheese salad. It was just a, a goat cheese mousse from Monagay, goat's cheese. Um I did some beetroot pickled different ways of beetroot that's from Newly for Urban Farmer in Balniti. He's got some stunning vegetables. He grows them all organically there and like he grows them to order. Like if you when I worked in the Strand, if I needed, which I did, beetroot for 1,200 people on a certain occasion, you tell him six months in advance so that he has them grown for you, especially. So just to have produce like that on your doorstep is just, you don't get that anyplace else in the world. Um, we did a lovely vinaigrette using anti-flin estate vinaigrette. It was gorgeous. Um, we made some um, elderflower infused vinaigrettes as well. We picked some elderflower along the way along the, the greenway here and like there's an abundance of free food along the greenway if you know where to go and i think teresa's story is part of the um pigtown culture and food series this year is doing a foraging walk so if anybody's interested in doing it just check out the pigtown.ie website and book in with teresa like she's a wealth of knowledge
0: and talking about Pigtown, this is one of the initiatives that came out of the Limerick Food Group a number of years ago. It's the fifth year. It's a series of food and culture events, September and October, they usually take place. This week on Thursday, it starts off with the 061 Dinner. Tell us about that, because it sounds absolutely amazing.
1: Well, the 061 Dinner was born this year and it replaces the Limerick Food Mile, which we've had in the for the past four years. We've done it five times now. Um, the Limerick Food Mile was a dinner. And again, it's all about promoting local, it's about promoting local businesses, local producers, and local drinks. So what we did for the Limerick Food Mile um, was it started in the strand where we started with the carriage tour. So you had two or three groups of people would go in the in the in the horse-drawn carriage, starting the Limerick Strand, where we had the starter, and I explained the, you know, the, the rules and regulations and how it would go on to work. And then they'd have their next course in another restaurant. And we changed it every year. But it just it always started in the Strand because I suppose it was um, an idea that grew in my head first. So I I explained to the people Then they went into the carriage and they went to the next restaurant for their next course and then another hotel for the next course. So you travel around five or six different premises in Limerick and we tried to keep it within the mile. So then the carriage would come back and pick up group number two, and then group number three. And it was just an amazing evening. And and it it gives you a feel of the ambiance in different restaurants. And it just promoted different restaurants. And it was really good value as well. But this year, of course, we can't do that as a group. So we're doing the 061 dinner. Um, So it's zero miles. So all the ingredients are gonna come from Limerick. So it's, and it's six restaurants are involved this time. And there's one goal. And the one goal is to promote local and promote local restaurants. So we have um, 1826 Adair involved. We have the Longcourt Clubhouse in Arda. We have the Strand Hotel, the River restaurant. We have number one Paris Square, the East Room in UL. And we have Tuscany Bistro, sorry, that's number six. So we have six restaurants involved. It's a 40 euro menu. Everybody's using the same producers, but they don't have the same menu. So it'll be all, it'll be different in every restaurant. So to book, you just call the individual restaurants that are involved and book your table. But I would say book as soon as you can because there's only two or three days left and a lot of them were booked out, I know for sure, last week.
0: Which is amazing and just goes to show how keen people are to support local restaurateurs that are using those locally sourced in-season ingredients. And there's also a collaboration for the event with Treaty Brewery.
1: There is, yeah. And Steve from Tribute City Brewery has a special brew made this year, especially for Pigtown Culture Food Series. It's called the Pig Town Pilsner, and that's available in each venue on Thursday the 16th for the 061 dinner. And there's also some drinks from Atty Flynn Estate. So if there's a designated driver, there's some Atty Flynn juices available as well on the night.
0: Fantastic. And I think it's fair to say that you've always been such a wonderful champion of um, Limerick produce and also in season, locally sourced produce. And that's one of the criteria to be a member of Eurotalk. And you are a member of Eurotalk. It's an organisation that's that's all about that. And is a great network of chefs and other um, strategic partners.
1: Yeah, Eurotalk is fantastic. It's got it's just um I suppose, in simple terms, the chef club, where the chefs who, like myself, promote local, they appreciate good food, they appreciate the work that goes into it. And they, like myself, are highlighting really good food and artists and producers throughout Ireland and and the world and, and just putting it on the stage because a lot of the people that do the hard work don't get the recognition. And it's nice to see that being done because it's a tough game out there, especially in the food production.
0: And it must be nice to stay connected with that network all over Ireland, especially now that you're not in the kitchen full time. Do you miss that being in the kitchen?
1: Yeah, I do, but I have a busy kitchen here and I have a few other busy kitchens that I've been visiting since I started my own business, which is great. But what you do miss is the people, and you miss talking to people. But we're lucky, we have Zoom, we have calls, you know, I'm constantly on the phone to people. So it's about just keep chatting and keep keep talking. Like since the kids went back to school, I found it a little bit strange. Being actually home alone but it's not really because there's always something to do there's always people I've been doing some cooking demonstrations I've been doing some YouTube videos for different companies lately so I've been pretty busy it's good
0: well listen congratulations again on launching the new business um we wish you all the best with it and for anybody that wants to find out a bit more about you and what you're doing you have a website set up
1: I do, and I'm learning a lot about website as well, and I'm learning a lot about how to build it and how to add to it. So it's a huge learning curve. If you visit flavan.ie, you can see all that I do, and it's not exhaustive. I'm sure there's things on there that I can do that's not on there that I'm sure I'd give it a try as well. But it's 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 a whole new chapter for me. It's really really good, really exciting, and it's good to be working with other people. I'm still really connected to the people I've worked with in the past. Even people i work with in, in the Philippines, there's one of the guys that I worked with 30 years ago in Manila and he works in the Strand now. So, you know, we worked together for years.
0: Well, it's great <laughs> to catch up with you. Do keep in touch. Let us know about all your other projects. In the meantime, pigtown.ie is the website to go to to find out the details of those events that are on this week and even over the next couple of months because you're always adding new events to that programme. And um, enjoy the rest of your evening, Tom.
1: Thank you very much, Sharon. Thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, chef Tom Flavin looked back on his illustrious career cooking kitchens all over the world. And he told us about the launch of his own consultancy business, as well as sharing details about the programme of events for this year's Pig Town Culture and Food Series, which starts this Thursday, September the 16th. And don't forget that this Friday, the 17th of September, is actually Culture Night, and Pig Town will celebrate that Family fun at the milk market with a pig town party that will include a free pig mask making workshop, hot food vendors, craft stalls, and more. And the mask making workshop is hosted by Lumen Street Theatre and it runs from half five until half past seven, and it's suitable for children aged 10 to 13 years old. And places in the workshop are limited and will operate on a first come, first served basis. And a reminder that the website is pigtown.ie for all of the event information. If you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at eight o'clock. And the podcasts are also available to listen to on Sharon as well as iTunes, the podcast app and wherever you get your podcasts. Still to come, I'm off to the New Market in Newcastle West to meet Owen Considine from Casa Street Kitchen. But before that, we're heading over to Tremor in County Waterford to talk to Nicola Crowley about her business, Mezzi, which she shares with her husband Devere. And Mezzi is a shop, deli, and takeaway specialising in Middle Eastern cuisine.
1: Bon appetit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm.
0: Nicola, great to be talking to you all across the, the country there. You're over in Tremore in County Waterford. Just tell everybody who you are and the name of your company.
2: Hi, um, so thanks for having me on. It's great to talk to you um, today. So um, my name is Nicola Crowley and um, I'm from Meze. Um We're a Middle Eastern um, business in Tremor in County Waterford. Um, it's myself and my husband who run the business. It's a small business, um, but we do lots of different things. Um, all all in the Middle Eastern food vein.
0: And I had the pleasure of meeting you, Nicola, and your husband, Devere, up at Taste of Dublin a few weeks ago. You were on the Food for Thought stage with me, and we started off with your story about your background and where you're from, and also Devere's, and I suppose I kind of pitched it that it was this very romantic love story. So <laughs> you, you're from Ireland originally, and you went off travelling, you were in New Zealand, and that's where you met Devere, your husband, who who's from Israel.
2: That's right. Yeah. So um, I was traveling around New Zealand. Um, I was actually—it it does sound very romantic—but I was on um, a glacier and bumped into another Israeli guy who said, "You know, there's a free space in the car if you want to join it." And that—you know—that's how you travel around in New Zealand. Um, kind of backpackers group together in a car to, to share the costs. Um, and so my now husband w- was also in the car and um, so we travelled around for a bit and then I uh, decided I'd pack my bags and move to Israel for a while.
0: And of course the Middle Eastern cuisine is absolutely amazing, the falafels, the hummus and so much more but neither of you were working in that food space, you both had admin type jobs in Israel.
2: That's right yeah so we were kind of it's it's almost stereotypical you know the we both had the office jobs and then we came back to ireland for the good life you know so we both worked in tel aviv in office jobs and we were both in management and um you know commuting a lot uh, it's quite intense um especially then when you start having a family um there's more time pressure your time is a lot more precious i think um and then when you're commuting an hour and a half and working eight to ten hours every day and things you kind of go okay something needs to give here and yeah so we 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 came back I had no intention of ever leaving Israel I was like I'm not going back to Ireland I'm not going back to that weather but then I had a different appreciation of the weather. And now I love the weather in Ireland.
0: (laughs) And of course, the weather is responsible for a number of the fantastic ingredients that we have here, which probably aren't typical ingredients over in um, Israel. But you are very passionate about using those locally sourced in-season products and the menu there at Mezi. And before we, we start talking a bit more about the menu, how do you go from an admin job in Israel to a food business, a deli, online sales in Trimore in County Waterford.
2: Um, well, I think I think both you know you bring what you've learned and um, so I, the admin job that I did I was doing some business development and I was doing some finances and I and project management so you know you you just take you take that other project and it's to do with food before it was English language classes um, and and uh, which I was also passionate about but but as we got that bit older and a bit more aware about what we were eating that became our passion. And, and the thing that joined us with friends, we would always, you know, think about what, what are we going to cook, or we'll invite this, this, these people over to cook this thing. And, you know, so it's it was it very much became a big part of our life before that, Um, before we started to think about a business. And then moving to Ireland, we looked into, we always had it in our head that we wanted to start a food business, but obviously, you're a little bit concerned with two small kids, and uh, neither of us had jobs, so we kind of went through the traditional route of looking for work uh, kind of half heartedly in a way um, and said, Okay, it's not going to work, we need to do this, this other idea that we had. So, it started with a food stall. So, we you know, we bought a tent, we borrowed tables, and equipment, and anything that we could borrow. Um, and we started making hummus, which was Davira's kind of go-to dish when he was living in Israel with his friends, and um, they always requested it, hummus, and then, um, so meze, the meaning of meze is salads and dips and all the bitty things that you get at the start of a Middle Eastern meal, um, and that was always our favourite part when we went to restaurants or to mother's house, um that's our favourite part of the meal, the, the variety and the different flavours and the different textures. So we said we focus on that um, and see if Irish people liked that um and see if there was a business there. Um so yeah, we started farmers markets in, in Dungarvan Market and Lismore Market in Waterford City. Um and then we then we started with food festivals and then we got invited to do pop-up dinner. So it was it was quite Gradual, you know it's all intense in a way because it's all very busy moving from one thing to the next after a few months um but um but that's how we got to where we are now and that's how you learn the ropes fairly quickly
0: was it a bit daunting making that um decision to actually invest in bricks and mortar and set up um a retail outlet
2: um yes and no I I think I was the one who resisted it, to be honest. Um, The the initial idea was to open a cafe, but I was worried about the bricks and mortar. I was worried about having staff, uh, having to look after staff, find staff, train staff. (laughs) Um, And also, you know, to have a place that you know, there's certain expectations of, you know, you need to open. We can't just, you know, swan off to Israel for two or three weeks, um, <laughs> much as we would like to. Um, so, yeah, there's a certain extra responsibility there. Um, but I think because we'd done our time with food festivals and the farmer's markets and we had, you know, we had a regular lunch slot in um, Ardkeen Stores, which is a like an artisan um, supermarket in Waterford. Um, and we had, you know, people coming regular, regulars coming every Tuesday to come get lunch. We kind of thought, you know what, we, we can make this happen um, on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, it was scary. But I think we've done the groundwork as much as you, you
0: can. I think farmers markets are a fantastic way to test the market and see if there's a demand and an interest and, and a liking for any sort of product, especially food. And if we were to look at the menu today, just tell us a few things that are on it. You've mentioned the falafels and the, and the hummus. What else is on the menu today in Mezzy?
2: Yeah, so what we do is we usually have our meze, which is our salads and our dips. Um, that's one of our most popular dishes. So you can get like a meze with falafel. And what you'll get is either a box if you're taking it away or a plate if you're sitting in our courtyard with, you know, four or five salads, two or three dips and um, the falafel and some pita bread. Um, and then our, you know, our salads change every week. So we will call up our veg grower, our main veg supplier and figure out what veg he has that are in season and then we'll plan our menu around that. Um, So that keeps things seasonal, keeps things fresh and our salads are always changing. Um, And then we'll have, you know, a falafel pita, which is very popular as well. Um, And um, we have, you know, egg dishes that are good for kind of brunch or, or lunch. Um, and then also, every week we have a, a different special. And again, try to focus on seasonal produce and, and we change it um, every week. So, we have our, our menu is actually vegetarian. Um, we don't call our business vegetarian, nor are we vegetarian, but we lean towards eating more plant based foods. So, we wanted to reflect that in our business. So, um, we kind of see eating meat as um, something that's for an occasion. Um, and not every, not all the time. So we will have meat on the menu um, twice a month. Um, and when we get that meat, we get it from a local supplier. Um, and I don't even if if we wanted to do it every week, our chicken supplier she wouldn't be able to supply us. So it's a small farmer from Waterford um, and she gives us as much as she can and, uh, and it's free range and that's what we use.
0: It sounds like it's a very healthy, nutritious menu, but, you know, not lacking in flavour and taste at all.
2: That's right. Yeah. So like um, you have, there's so many different spices that you can use and, and flavours that you can use without it being, you know, people are kind of when they hear the word spices, they think spicy and chilli but it's not necessarily like we do use some but it's it's light touch um dear and i actually don't like too much chilli in things um but we like the taste of it the flavour that it gives to dishes um so yeah there's plenty of flavour and i think with me it's very easy you know to eat salads when you're presented with four or five different salads that have different textures and flavours um, where, whereas I think growing up, you know, you were given a salad with a bit of lettuce, tomato and onion. Um, and it's not as appealing to get a bowl full of that than, than four different salads made for you, you know.
0: And I'm sure lots of the listeners, their mouths are watering and they'll be delighted to hear that you actually have an online side to your business. How does that work with um with the packaging and being able to deliver some of the, the dishes that you do?
2: Yeah, so we do, um, we send off um, goods every Tuesday um, and uh, so once a week. So um, we we stock like in our retail shop, what we try to stock is ingredients that we use in our kitchen and at home. So that would be, that's a nice mix of say Middle Eastern ingredients, like we have a really great tahini, al-nacho um, tahini. Uh, from Lebanon but then we also have you know Irish artisan products that go well with our food that we would use ourselves and um, so we have those kind of ingredients but we also you can also order um, fresh products so you can order our falafel or our hummus and, and a few of our salads and um, that kind of thing and we have them packaged like packaging is really important to us and um, and we didn't do chilled courier for a while there because we couldn't find the right thing. But we found a lovely company that makes um pouches out of waste wool, and that keeps the keeps everything cold inside. Um, so it's like a it's a natural insulation. So so we're happy with that. So um now luckily we can we we luckily during the lockdown that's when we needed it most. Um, we we started doing that.
0: That's amazing. So it is. And um, it's great to see that your support and other artisan producers as well, the collaboration is really important at the moment. And at this time of the year, we start to see the the finalists from Blas spreading the word that they have reached the finals and you are the proud recipient of a number of Blas awards. (laughs)
2: yeah it's great um it's great I think especially when you're starting out to kind of you know you, you get feedback from your customers and your family and friends and that kind of thing but um to know that your product has gone through a panel of judges and come out the other end um and they've said this is actually a really good product um it means a lot um so yeah our lavash flatbreads we have three different types and three of them have won awards um and we have a new product tahini cookies um so they're with chocolate chips and some irish uh, sea salt on top um and they won last year as well so uh yeah it's great it just it just kind of gives you the confidence that you're going in the right direction
0: and all of those products are made in-house by yourself and beer.
2: So the lavash and the biscuits, we don't. There are recipes, but we actually work with a bakery in West Cork. Our kitchen is very small and there's a lot of salads coming out, out of there every day. So we don't have the space for it. Um, so yeah, we, we uh, recruited the help of a, a bakery in West Cork. So they help us out with that one.
0: So that's another example of collaboration there, which is hugely important. And this weekend... Mezze and a number of other businesses in the Tremor area are collaborating to host the Vitamin C Festival.
2: That's right. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So this was a concept that it started. Mezze, the deli is open um, just over two years and we were open a couple of weeks when um, a group of us got together um, of food and drinks businesses um, in Tremor. Um, a lot of us were quite quite new to opening, um, and we thought this is this is a great time for us to group together as a network and work together to promote Tramore um, as a food and drink destination. Um, so, because Tremor has a lot a lot going for it with its coastline, its surfing, and and walks, as well as the food, so we got together. And last year we were supposed to do a festival, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, So this is our first time doing it. So um, there's, you know, 25 businesses that we're working together to make the festival happen. Um, And it's not going to be a traditional like food festival in that we don't have a market. There's events happening in the different businesses. But we also think it's important to combine it with um, the outdoors and, you know, and lifestyle. So there's, you know, a treasure hunt so that families can get out and walk part of Tremor and get to know some of the history um, of Tremor um, and there's also surfing um, probably but a bit unusual to some of uh, the festivals we also have twerking on the beach uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one um,
0: <laughs> I'm familiar with it but I can't say it's something I've ever done
2: I reckon there's a lot of people who haven't worked Um, so there, uh, so uh, that's going on. So there's a great variety and it kind of, what I love about it is it shows what's unique about the food here and, um, and the people that live here and work here, you know? So, um, and, and we have things going on that again, like there's a, a mobile sauna, Um, that is being placed in Newtown Swimming Cove Um, so you can book a slot in the sauna and um, look out onto the sea and uh, sit and relax in the sauna
0: Sounds absolutely amazing and for anybody that wants to make the trip to Tremor this weekend where should they go to get more details about everything that's on?
2: Yeah, So we have a website so it's Fishman Sea Festival and all the programme is there so there's lots of um, I mentioned all the outdoor stuff, so there's all the food stuff as well. So there's a, you know, a taste tour where you can get a three euro kind of taster dish from businesses around Tremor. There's no need to book it. A lot of things with festivals, I find everything is booked in advance. So we wanted to have something, especially without a market, that people can show up on the weekend um, and get a small dish from all the different places. And um, we're doing a tapas trail with the three other businesses an afternoon tea on the Sunday um, and even a takeaway. We're doing a street takeaway on the Friday evening. Again, no need to book that. So there's lots of different things going on.
0: Sounds absolutely amazing, Nicola. And of course, if anybody is down there at the festival, to be sure to call to yourself, Mezzy, and if they want the details of where you're located and even maybe to have a look at the website and see what they can order online. What's the web address? So
2: it's mezzy.ie
0: couldn't be simpler or easier to remember that's fantastic lovely to talk to you this evening give my regards to Devere please and uh, continued success Nicola thanks Amelia it's great to chat to you you're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM you're very welcome back to the best possible taste I'm Sharon Noonan, and just before the break, I was talking to Nicola Crowley about her business, Mezi which she shares with her husband, Devere, and as Nicola explained, Mezzy is a shop, deli and takeaway specialising in delicious Middle Eastern cuisine. And Nicola also told us about the Vitamin C Festival 2021, which takes place this weekend. That's the 17th to the 19th of September, and it's filled with exciting seaside food and outdoor events based in Waterford's famous coastal town of Tremor. And earlier on in the programme, chef Tom Flavin looked back on his illustrious career cooking in kitchens all over the world and told us about the launch of his own consultancy business as well as sharing details about the programme of events for this year's Pigtown Culture and Food series. If you are just tuning in now and you've missed all of that, you might want to catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now our final guest this evening is Owen Considine who recently founded Casa Street Food Kitchen with his partner Gregory Brown. The duo have also set up a new Saturday market in Newcastle West and I called down there last Saturday to meet Owen to find out more.
1: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm.
3: Hi, uh, my name is Owen Considine. I'm co founder of Casa Street Kitchen based in Newcastle West, County Limerick.
0: Owen, oh, it's lovely to meet you here today, Great to be here. Saturday Great. morning Thanks at the market in Newcastle West. Tell us all about Casa Kitchen first and um, a bit about your background. Are you from West Limerick?
3: So, from New West Limerick originally. Both I and my partner are local here to Newcastle West. I'm from Monagay. My partner's from Fiohana. Uh, Casa Street Kitchen is a business we came up with. We're on the road, I think it's 10 weeks today, so essentially it's Casa Street Kitchen. We do a variety of Tex-Mex, tacos, and also we do gourmet burgers. We have a portable trailer. We cater for a wide variety of corporate events, christenings, communions all of that sort of thing and we also do farmers markets, Shannon, Castle Troy Mungret and now we set up our own farmers market here in Newcastle West.
0: And what were you doing before you came up with the idea of Casa Street Kitchen?
3: So I was studying law in UCC, just graduated and I'm actually just starting back a Masters in Finance this coming Monday. My partner Greg is also in final year of college he's studying business and essentially just over the lockdown it gave us an opportunity to kind of sit back and reflect and kind of observe any opportunity that, was, that was out there and what we kind of came up with was a food truck and there was a big boom and craze for coffee trucks we thought it was kind of a bit overdone and very common so we wanted to take it up a level do something a bit more professional go at it from the food element and uh, we'd initially planned on doing burritos we settled on a recipe for Uh, Tacos, we worked with a number of chefs developing our ideas and recipes, particularly our pulled beef. It's teriyaki beef, marinated overnight and slow cooked for between six and eight hours. So uh, getting all that together took a good couple of months. I think before we actually launched, we've been putting different things together for about six or seven months in total. And uh, here we are today, very happy where we're at.
0: And have you any background in food? Are you from a farm? Are your family in food production, food producers, anything like that?
3: I myself have no background whatsoever in food. Gregory comes from farming background. But um, essentially everything we learned were old Gordon, Gordon Ramsay documentaries, YouTube, Netflix documentaries. Something we used to do a lot of was watch Mexican documentaries on slow cooking process and essentially did it... Um, just watching documentaries in subtitles, based in Spain, old ladies who are burying meat, cooking it in under leaves, really, really cool process. And it was something we kind of wanted to replicate ourselves. Our name is Casa, so Spanish for home or house. So essentially it's our home take using local ingredients on of a traditional me- mexican recipe and yeah. um,
0: what sort of research did you do then on, on top of watching the tv programs in terms of you know getting Hass approved like, there's quite a lot involved in it were you aware of that at the start or did you kind of find out a lot as you went along
3: so greg my partner worked in palace foods prior to be starting up this um starting up castor kitchen and we both kind of had a fair idea that there'd be a lot involved we did a lot of work with development chefs, uh, particularly D Duty, she's a local catering chef. We also went around to different other, um, other chefs doing similar things. There's a hungry donkey in, run by Chad Byrne in Killarney, which is very popular. They do kind of a spice bag, they also do tacos, I think they put scallops in through their spice bag. They're the only food truck in the country selling scallops in that way. Um, we also we went to Blaster Street Kitchen based in Monaghan, we did a lot of research, different people who were doing it properly, doing it right and had the experience and were always very helpful to help out so uh, it's kind of helped us a lot along the way.
0: And it's great to hear that that food community in Ireland was so supportive and was willing to share their knowledge and expertise with you.
3: Honestly, like, you'd be so surprised at the quality of street food that is found in Ireland, particularly Knockout Pizza. He's based in Cork. He also operates in the Shannon Farmer's Market. There's a, plenty of these different food operators that are of a real high quality. It's different when you don't have a standard trade or a standard premises for people to come in for. If you were to establish a trade, your food has to be of a really high quality. There's no two ways about it. and. Um, Hopefully we seem to have got some way in the notch in that. But honestly, the street food that's out there is just waiting to be seen. Um, Julia's lobster truck, I think, is based in the scanner. It's a lobster, a whole variety of things. Honestly, God, it's just really, really good. Everyone is so open, so inviting, and really trying to push the whole movement along. So we're really pleased to be a part of it as well.
0: And it's great to hear that passion in your voice, that you clearly really enjoy what you do. And it wasn't enough for you just to have the the street food offering here you decided that you wanted to add to it and you've opened up the farmers market tell me why you decided to do that
3: so essentially we just saw the gap uh, Newcastle West has a small we would initially planned on operating in the square in Newcastle West there's a lim- limited number of um, casual trading licenses available we weren't able to get one. We had been operating on a private premises nearby and we just thought the opportunity was there. We knew the vendors ourselves, we thought we could organise it. I think three weeks ago, we planned on doing it. We put the, got in contact with the right people, got our insurance, permissions, everything in place, uh, put word out to different vendors who we'd have kind of a personal relationship with. Uh, gave it a go last week, I think we with over a thousand people through the gates and uh, really just putting signs everywhere, social media pushing it as much as we can to make the most of it what we can and you see the variety here that's here today uh, Woodfire Pizza that has a sourdough base the base itself comes from an artisan baker based in Limerick uh, We're baking for you honestly just some of the top really top quality bakery stuff um, he likes Rich, he runs a forgery here. In a couple of weeks he's planning on doing live forge shows for people, and um, giving a display and how he makes his metal work. Uh, SOS Cookies, they're another market favourite. They exploded. Sarah Sullivan, absolutely lovely girl. And Little Cheese Stall, one that's based in the milk market as well, and really just is a Limerick favourite. So it was kind of about getting the quality out here and touching it up with our local vendors like Margaret at RT, Louise at RT and um, just different people like that who have products didn't have a place to offer them in Newcastle West and kind of given that platform to people to go and sell what they're good at and show their showcase their talents more than anything.
0: They do say build it and they will come and that's certainly what has happened in the in the first week. And it's also a case of getting the word out there. And I think because you're the younger generation, the whole social media side of things comes very easy to you. Have you found that that has been a great tool to let people know that you're here?
3: Uh, there's a lot of work in it. You wouldn't think for the amount for one post, the amount of thought you've put in and taking the right photos. It all adds up. We've been very su- well supported by local councillors as well. Tam Ruddle, Patrick Donovan, and um, in particular, Tam himself has been great out here, clearing the yard with us, preparing for the market, um, getting in contact with ourselves, with different people, organising, just really supportive, he would have such a good catchment himself. Also Helen Broderick from The Observer got in contact with me in the early days, she's so supportive, really helpful and generally people, I think people want to see the market in the town, they're very supportive of what's going on and they turned out in droves last week and hopefully this week it's the same. more, more stalls are coming, more variety. Hopefully more people come through the gate and see what's on offer.
0: Well look, tell us more about the menu at Casa Street Kitchen and the ingredients that you use and where you source
3: them. Um, so all our ingredients are locally sourced, freshly prepared. Um, generally the day our veg arrives is the day it's used. We really kind of focus on having that fresh taste through the meat. Are through the tacos and the burgers. Uh the meat is slow cooked between six and eight hours. Special uh, special recipes. I can't share with anyone the million dollar question. But uh no um if you look at particularly small things that other people don't really think to offer, that are really, like we use pomegranate seeds through our tacos, it's really just a pop of flavor. Uh, fresh mint, fresh rosemary, uh, scallops, or not scallops, sorry, scallions, all these kind of fresh fruit, fresh veg, topped off with the right sauces, the rice right blend of hot sauce. It, it just seems to work. And the
0: tacos themselves. And tell me about the tacos.
3: So it's quite important to us that we use a corn-based tortilla. It's crispier. It's more tr- traditionally used in Mexico, and um, it gives a really nice kind of a slight crunch. It's quite it's not quite a hard shell, but it just does give that kind of firm taste. It's also friendly for vegans, and it's also friendly for people who are, need to be gluten-free, uh, vegans, so on and so forth, but it's generally just a better option, um, and it just seems to complement so well with the meat, mixture of meat we put together. And where do you source that from? Oh, I can't be telling you that now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that recipe was, uh, there was a lot of work put into it. Um, a lot of work. Do but. you
0: make your own tortillas?
3: We make the tortilla shells yeah. no it's from it they're called casa blanco it's kind of a mexican they, i think they have a bakery themselves but okay. they're really high quality when it's that good there's no need to go and do it yourself absolutely. do you know what i mean so yeah, you kind of have to give credit where it's due as well and of course with the amount of work it takes to run a food truck and stuff like that you just you don't need to be doing it do you know what i mean it's there is a lot of labor behind the scenes in terms of like pickling our onions we have a special recipe for that but you know, it's all these, we have enough to be doing. And when people offer the right product at the right price, it's perfect just to incorporate it. Because the whole community itself is self-sustaining. We kind of help each other out and work where we can. And uh, that's just another element of it, really.
0: Let's talk about sustainability for a moment, because that's something that's very prevalent now, especially with street food trucks.
3: Yeah, and I think it's just an important part of the culture as well. And just to have that kind of awareness of where your wastage is, um, what your effect on the environment is and I think younger generations are particularly more mindful of it so we operate a zero food waste policy everything that comes into the trailer goes out again and uh, no food at all is wasted if it's not used or eaten it's taken home and um, in terms of our cutlery everything's biodegradable the box themselves are biodegradable and um, everything it, it's a bit more expensive but it needs to be done at the same time, it's just something we're aware of and wanted to do from the start and um, so it's, we're very happy with it all together uh, really now, um, just cutting down our waste, compost, all that, but food, zero food waste policy, everything's eaten, everything's used, and. Um, so far, so good.
0: It's definitely something that's more and more important to the consumers and just to people in general. It's something that we need to get on board with. And I'm delighted to hear that you have so many customers each week.
3: We've been uh, very fortunate with the support we've got from people. We've had multiple sell-out days and unfortunately some disappointed customers at times as well. But um, it's just all a learning process. You can't cater for what you can't expect when 120, 30 people turn off and you know everyone's wanting some tacos like there's only so much you can do and so much you can cater for but uh, it's a good problem to have at the same time you know what I mean it wouldn't be often but yeah that's kind of where we're at
0: so the message is come early
3: come early get down fast and uh, get your tacos in definitely um, you won't be disappointed
0: well look What's the vision for the future, because you've just finished your studies, but you're going on to do something else. Starting Monday morning. (laughs) Gregory is going into his final year, so in terms of um, your workload, it will be very challenging to juggle it all, but is that something that you're hoping and planning to do?
3: Definitely, definitely. The hope for the time being is to expand, get another food trailer on the ground and hopefully get our own premises within the year. And it definitely tends, looks to be tipping towards that direction. We do a wide variety of catering. We've done catering events from the Hinch to Bray and private events, all that kind of thing. And we're happy to do it. Uh, The process itself between ordering your taco and getting your taco takes two and a half minutes. And just having that time over COVID to plan and prepare these things has really paid dividends and um, just seems to be accelerating. Uh, we didn't expect to have so much success so soon. I think last week we had over 200 customers come to our food truck itself. Um, our lunchtime trade in Shannon is absolutely massive. We do order in, click and collect, and just you know, remind ourselves that we are only two months into business and these things are happening has been a good part of it. But. Um, You have to make hay while the sun shines as well. Keep on going, keep on building.
0: Well congratulations to you and Greg for your innovation and your entrepreneurship. It's great to see an initiative like this locally here in Newcastle West which is obviously my own hometown. If people want to find out more about Casa Street Kitchen and the market, where's the best place for them to go?
3: So you can find us at Casa Street Kitchen on Instagram C-A-S-A. You can also find our website www.casastreetkitchen.com or email us at sales at CasaStreetKitchen.com. We can cater for any variety of needs any party um, get in contact we'd only love to do it
0: fantastic well i'll go over now and wait my two and a half minutes and get, get my ordering thanks a million
3: thanks very much thanks a million. bon appetit yummy grubs up delicious mm.
0: and that was owen considine at the new newcastle west market and if you are in the west limerick area be sure to support it because it's absolutely brilliant and it's great that Owen and Greg have set it up and I can highly recommend the veggie taco that I enjoyed for my lunch on Saturday. And that's it for tonight. Thanks to all of my guests, Tom Flavin, Nicola Crowley and Owen Constein. I'll be back next week, but feel free to get in touch in the meantime. You can drop me a message on Instagram at Sharon J Noonan. And until next week, bon Bon appetit. <laughs>